Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lori Clark Show. This episode of my podcast is brought to you with the help of Zoom Us, a video and audio conferencing interface. It's important to know that I'm in no way sponsored by Zoom. I just want to tell you how much I love it. It is very reliable, easy to use, and provides excellent audio and video files that my team and I produce to share the power of story with you. Another non-sponsored, couldn't do without, but just have to tell you how good it is, is Squarespace. When they say it is the all-in-one platform, it really is true. I go into the back end of my website multiple times a day, adjust things, post podcasts, add links, and look at our show's analytics, which all sync across my devices. And when I need an image, Squarespace provides an excellent resource that's powered by Unsplash. Now for my most favorite feature, the Squarespace app. Um, Being a working mom, there never seems to be enough time in my day. So when my daughter's in ballet, I sit in my car and upload, post, and manage everything on my website from the app. It's really cool and seamless. Squarespace is really, really simple and very dedicated to helping me create a brand of excellence. So with that, big shout out to Zoom, Squarespace, and Unsplash. Thank you for helping me tell people's stories. With that said, let's move on to the best part about today, the show. Please allow me to welcome my next guest on The Lori Clark Show. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Daksha Magesh. Daksha is currently a high school senior at Tesla STEM High School. Um, soon to be graduate at the end of 2021. Um, Daksha, you have a strong, strong passion for mental wellness and mental health. And you have gone through issues yourself. And that is why you're on the show today. You're on the show. <laughs> you want to inspire other people and let them know that your experience can inspire other people to hope. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm blessed and grateful to be here. And I'm so happy I have a new friend now. Uh, and I, I love the, the positivity the show exudes and just stands for. So I'm very happy to be here today. Well, 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 I'm glad that you came. Can we talk about your mental health experience? So start me from the beginning. So your parents came from India and they immigrated to Washington? Yes, they, well, okay. So here's where it kind of started. My dad, he um, was a computer science major. He went to school in India first, in Tamil Nadu. And from there, he wanted to study in the U.S. So he went to the University of Cincinnati and was there for a couple years until he got transferred to the University of Washington in Seattle. Um, It's pretty cool, right? And that's when he married my mom, and they both moved here. And so I was born here in Kirkland, and I've been here pretty much my whole life. Awesome. And so that's where you went to school, and this is where you found your belonging. This is where, you know, life was for you, where your roots Mm -hmm. were. When did you start feeling that, um, I don't want to say feeling, but it is kind of a feeling of anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I think I think it wasn't so much problem like with elementary school quite yet because I didn't really know much about, you know, where anxiety stemmed from. I didn't even know there was such a thing as anxiety. I knew there was like nervousness, but for me, anxiety was very like normalized. And so I was bullied pretty much from like third grade up until like seventh, eighth grade, like just periodically. And in like middle school was when I was, you know, feeling that started feeling anxiety simply because like I, because I felt as no matter what I did, I would be judged for it. And when judgment, judgment really started setting in, that's when I got like started feeling anxiety. So when you, you had mentioned something like culturally, um, yeah. your, your mom had, you know, put oil in your hair because yeah. that's an absolutely amazing AVA yeah. experience. Yeah. <laughs> like I so know. many people do this as, I as know. you know, and yet it's not seen. It wasn't seen um, or accepted as something that you would be doing. And therefore that was sort of a point of um, bullying. Yeah, I feel like that's not something that a lot of people saw. You know, but now everyone puts coconut oil in their hair and it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. But for some reason, when I was younger, people would see that my hair would be slightly more greasy or shiny and people would like point that out because I guess their hair wasn't that way. Um, so yeah, I guess that was a point of bullying. There were, there were a couple of things that I was bullied about, but they were pretty varied. Some of them were kind of ridiculous. And looking back on it now, I'm like, I don't know why people ever believe those things. Like, like there was this one kid, like there was this one kid who, um, she, she spread a rumor that I practiced witchcraft and, and I had like a shark tank in my house. And I was just, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have just said something like really, really funny back. I should have just been like, yes. And they eat little girls for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, that would have been a really great response. But in the moment, it wasn't. And it probably yeah. set you up for a lot of those. I would imagine it set an insecurity in you. Not that you were worried, but then you start with this insecurity. And then what happens? What happened that really kind of got that anxiety started? Yeah, well... I think I think it was a point in which um, the bullying kind of turned more personal. Like like you you can tell when a bully is just like, oh, I feel bad about myself, so I'm going to put other people down. But there was a point where it really got personal. This person who bullied me started attacking my relationships with other people, and that was what really hurt me because not only did it isolate me from others, it, it made me have a bad opinion about myself. Like, oh, people don't like me. What am I going to do? Like, no one, no one wants to talk to me. No one wants to be my friend. And of course, as a preteen, that's all you want to do is have friends and blend in, right? But, and then that's where the anxiety really started, where it was just like, everything I did, I felt like someone was judging me, wow. you know? And that's really hard because that's when your self-concept is, mm -hmm. is taking formation. Yeah, and it, it was just like one of those things where you get really insecure about small things. And it, it's hard because at a certain point, it takes over your life. And all you're doing is try to fight back at those insecurities and try to get back to your sense of self. Like you were saying earlier, you felt, you felt different. 
Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to be, I mean, I've grown in Redmond. I was raised in Redmond and Redmond is like fairly diverse and there is especially a lot of South Asians in Redmond, but a lot, there were a couple times where my color or my heritage was specifically pointed out as a target of bullying, which is why it makes people feel so different. Hmm. And how did you begin to feel that, what was the first life? So, so there's someone out there right now who is listening to the show or going to listen to the show and they're thinking to themselves, well, do I have anxiety? How, how, how would I know if I have anxiety? So would you be able to talk to someone about what that feeling is and how for you, and it might respond differently for other people, but how did it present itself in your body or in your thoughts? Well, for me, it would be kind of that usual, like, um, my heart starts beating a little faster. My stomach is really queasy. That happened a lot. Like whenever I forgot something as a young kid, my stomach would get like really queasy and like, it would be in knots. I'd be like, worried about that or thinking about something else. I'd be distracted at certain points. It really manifests itself in people differently. Um, Like for me, it might be like, oh, I'm nervous. Like my hands are shaking. I like can't focus. For someone else, they might just sit there completely still and not be thinking about anything. Like they'd just be sitting there staring at a wall and that's their anxiety for them. It really depends. So if someone comes up to me and is like, hey, I'm like really nervous and I'm anxious, well, you might have anxiety and that's fine. Like it really depends on the type of person. And also we would be thinking about cycling thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So when that thought, it, it's like, I don't belong. I don't belong. I don't belong. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? It's spiral. You spiral. How are they, how are they going to, if I do this, will they do that? What, where's my friend? Where's my friend? Where's my friend? Right. Yeah. Your thought, what anxiety is, is it's kind of fear. It, in whatever case it is, it is fear about things that you can't control. It's uh, about maybe what's happening in the present or what will happen because of something that happened in the present. It goes from point A to point B, point C, point D. And before you know it, you're making up scenarios that probably won't even happen. But it's so common. Well, I feel like it's so common, but people don't know that it's so common. So, yeah. The overwhelm. Yeah. It's like an overwhelming feeling. It's just like, oh my goodness, the walls are closing in. I feel all like scared, you know. Mm. So you said to me in when we did the green room, you said, I just want people to know that mental health is not abnormal. Like that yeah. that it's something that mental health as a as an umbrella where everything else comes underneath that, this is normal for us to be thinking about. And yeah. And you want people of your age, just about 18 in December, to begin to say, okay, like this is, this is normal. This is not an abnormal thing. You might be feeling isolated. You might be feeling separate, uh, sorry, separated or um, different than everyone else. But what you need to know is that you matter. And these feelings matter. They have a place and it's not abnormal. It is okay. And most people 
have anxiety. Yeah, that that I think that's the thing where people don't want to accept that they may have a mental disorder or mental illness. But I think the word disorder or illness mm-hmm. gives it such a negative connotation that people are just like, I'm not sick. I don't know. I'm not abnormal. Like mental health, mental illness isn't abnormal. You have a chemical imbalance in your body. It's just as if you broke your bone, you would go to the hospital to take care of it, right? You, you would get a cast for it. So that's pretty much the same thing as if you have a chemical imbalance in your brain that maybe causes you to have anxiety or depression. It's not something that you can control and it's definitely not your fault. And you should not be thought of as different for it. It's just something that you can't control and it doesn't alter who you are as a person. You, you're, your illness shouldn't be, take over your life. It's a part of you and you should accept that the way you might accept other things that might happen to you. Like, you know, I, I broke my bone at this point in time. Yeah, well, now I have a cool scar, you know. I love that because <laughs> because you're saying that you're just saying if you feel it, talk about it. Oh, yeah. If oh, you yeah. feel it, have it, like, look at it. If you, if it is something that you feel is present Mm-hmm. find someone to talk to if it's not your family it's maybe a teacher or a counselor someone at school um but let's talk about that yeah okay so let's talk about the vulnerability oh yes that comes mm-hmm. with having a discussion that says deep breath okay so you go to your friend and you say I need to talk to you. I, I, I have been experiencing some anxiety. I, I'm feeling depressed. And I just want to know if I, can, if I can talk to you about this. And, and they might respond to you. But there's always that feeling that they might go and tell someone. Yeah. It's such a vulnerability. Yes. And I think, I think part of the reason why that anxiety that that person is going to go tell someone else is the fact that they know or they think that they will be thought of as differently for that. And that's why mental state, mental health stigma is so bad is because it causes anxiety in people, not in, only in addition to their own anxiety, but anxiety that someone might go tell someone else and that person is going to think badly of this person. And you can see that spiral going already, right? Like, oh, that person's going to go tell that person and that person's going to go tell that person. And soon enough, my life will be ruined because no one people will think that I'm weird for having this, you know, the vulnerability is so, um, such a, like a weak moment that when you're talking to someone who, um, and it's okay to be vulnerable, you're talking to someone, that person just really needs to like, listen to you. There's a point where you might have to tell someone else if it's that serious, if it's serious enough that it's affecting their physical health, that's a different story. But if it is something that that person just needs to come to you and talk to you about, your obligation is to listen to that person and make sure they're okay, especially if you care about them. Oh. <laughs> Would you define vulnerability as weakness? Definitely not. I would not define vulnerability as weakness because in my opinion, showing vulnerability is strength. And even I have to work on this because um, I don't like to be overly emotional. 
again, simply because of the fact that I've been told that before, you know, like, oh, don't cry, crying shows weakness. But, you know, even I'm teaching myself that and I hope other people learn that being vulnerable in and of itself takes strength, you know, asking for something, asking for forgiveness, asking for a new chance, that all takes such vulnerability and that all takes such strength. So being vulnerable is almost the best way of you saying that I'm strong. Well, I think we can end the episode now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I want to talk to you more. (laughs) Um, We're not ending. We have so much more to cover. Oh my goodness. Yay. You are right. Actually, you are right. Vulnerability is not a weakness. It is a beauty. It is a strength. And in order to be vulnerable, if it is this, it's a, putting your heart in your hand yeah, and saying, like, do you want this? I'm offering you something that's really special to me. I'm entrusting you with this. Will you handle this okay? Mm-hmm. And it's really on the other person, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Sometimes whatever someone tells you, if they're going to hurt themselves, you gotta, you gotta tell. You gotta tell. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of the times people don't want to tell others about suicidal tendencies as well or hurting themselves as well because they think they're going to go tell someone. And the sad part is that's going to have to happen. And you may be mad at someone for doing that. You may be mad or angry at someone for doing that. But unless you can convince them yourself and get it taken care of yourself, Yeah, then they might be mad at you, but they're going to learn one day that they have you to think that they're safe. Uh, let's talk about your culture for a moment. Let's talk yeah. about <laughs> no crying. No crying. <laughs> talk to me about sometimes family looks at you and says, Everyone goes through it. It's okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's originally before I, you know, really discovered what mental health was and was able to educate not only myself, but my family about it. My parents didn't really know that anxiety was, you know, something that was so, oh, we need to like address this head on. They thought everyone goes through it. And I don't blame them for thinking that because yeah, every child does go through some, some semblance of anxiety throughout their lifespan. But my parents didn't think that, or I believe didn't want to think that something abnormal was happening to me. For them, they believe or abnormal. I don't believe mental illness is abnormal, but they didn't want to think that something else was happening to me. And truly they didn't believe that. So I feel like it came from a good place. It came from a good place where they was like, no, it's okay. You're fine. You're not abnormal. It wasn't something that they were not trying to be like, oh, push it down. But they weren't, they didn't know. They simply didn't know. And it came from a good place. So I'm not mad about that. No. And you know what? I, and I want to just pick up on that because I, I have children that are older. Um, and for me, um, I, I just talked to them about this the other day. I said, oh my goodness you all had measures of anxiety. I just didn't see or label it as anxiety. And I didn't say, oh, that's okay. Everyone goes through it. But what I did do was prep them. So I would say, okay, well, who are you? What, what is this? You know, how can you take this perspective? Where, what, how can we change the narrative in your mind that everybody is, 
is out to get you, that um, all you are is a failure, that you're not good at math. How can we change the narrative? How can we stop that cycle that says, I'm terrible at math. Oh, I hate math. Math is so hard. How can we change it? How can we reshape it and reform it so that you can see it from a different perspective? I didn't realize that that was really the underpinning of anxiety for most yeah. of the kids. And, and since they're uh, two are in their 20s, one's 17 and one's 11, I'm noticing now there's this interesting span. It, it is actually clear that, that most people have this kind of cycle or um, narrative. Can you talk about, give me some examples of the narrative that goes through your mind when you're thinking about school and you're going, okay, I, you know, expectations. And I mean, life is expectations for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think for me, um, I, I talk to myself quite often, actually, people think I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I talk to myself and, and a lot of the times what I say, I'm just like, okay, well, I say it out loud. I'm like, okay, what are you thinking about, babe? What are you worried about? What are you worried about? I kind of just like repeat that to myself. And it helps me organize my thoughts sometimes. But normally when I'm in school, it'll be like, okay, you've got these assignments to do. Okay, you've got these meetings. Okay, you've got this to do. And it's like, that's why people write things down, right? Because it's like a never ending cycle yeah. inside your brain. There's so much going on. At least yeah. as me. And a lot of the times I need to sit down and kind of organize my thoughts and think about it one piece by one piece. Not only just thinking about what I have to get done tomorrow, but planning it out so that it's a long-term plan. Um, okay, not only do I have this due tomorrow, but I have that due in a week. So let me space out my time so I'm not stressed at the last minute. It really, there is a point in which your anxiety does get the better of you, but you really need to just rein it back and think about what's real and what's not real. And sometimes I play myself some music just to calm myself down. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? What's real and what's not real? What do you have to do right now? What is the worst that can happen? The worst does it happen that you failed this test? Okay, well, the next test you're going to do better. You can retake this test. So really, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it, it really is truly deciding what is the difference between your mind and what's reality. I love that. What is real and what is not real? So yeah. when you're on a test, you can, but for some people, if you fail, that means they're, they're done. Like they fail. Yeah. So it is, what's real and what's not real is a very different line for everyone else. But yeah, yet it's a really important conversation to have with yourself. What is real? If I'm walking down the road and I think I'm going to um, uh, get hurt by that group of people, is that real or not real? Okay, well, take a, you've got to think about what's going to happen, right? So a lot of the time it could be just plain anxiety or it could be a real threat. And sometimes you need to separate that in your mind. It's definitely harder with people for anxiety. But hey, guess what? You're really that worried you can cross the street. You know. Well, and you know, our friend Maria from Kids Coping yeah. with Anxiety, she talks about that. She says, you know, it's like there's a high alert on the, the time. whole time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and like, it's like for, for a lot of people who have, um, who cook in the kitchen and they've got people all around them, mothers or no mothers, 
you know when that fan is on in the kitchen and you're cooking away and you're yelling at everybody because there's this one thing in the background that you can't figure out what it is? It's that. It's like this fan on in the back that just keeps reminding you. um, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. Something's going to happen. What's going to happen? High, high alert. With anxiety, it's almost like your brain is in a constant state of fight or flight response. Interesting. Yeah, it's like, it's always just like, you become like, kind of like hyper aware of everything. And and sometimes you perceive things that are yet to happen, but may not happen. It's like, it's like saying that, oh, like this might happen, but it probably won't, but it might happen. You know, those two voices going back in your head. That's what's going on. It's like, it's like, oh my goodness. Like something that's been going on in my mind during this conversation. It's like, oh, the internet might cut out but it probably won't, but it might, but it probably won't, but it might, you know, back and forth like that. Right. And I have other anxieties as we're talking about this show. Yeah. I'm looking and I'm, I'm watching you in the camera and I'm going, don't look down because then you, it looks like you're not looking at her. Don't look down. Look up, look up. Like I have 10 <laughs> things that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Maybe even more as I do this. And it is, I have to learn to be in the present, to accept the conversation and the flow right here, yeah. right now, in its entirety. I can't tell you what's going to happen in five minutes. I know where the interview should go, but can I, can I control that? Yeah. I think, I think it just, I remind myself that I'm, I'm blessed to be in this situation or I'm grateful to be where I am. And a lot of times, like when I'm, when I'm feeling down, I know that this is your problems are valid, but I always do think about the fact that there are less fortunate people than me, which is part of the reason why I do all this stuff is I know there are people I can help. And I feel like if I just stick with the privilege that I have and keep it just at this level, I feel like I'm incomplete because I have so much privilege and I have so I'm blessed that I should be able to share it with other people because everyone deserves that. I heard this once before. People in third world countries, you think you're better than them now, but the only reason that they're not where you're at right now is because of the fact that they did not have the same opportunities. And so that's why I strongly believe that you should never think yourself above another person. It's because you have no idea what they've been through. It's a really important thing to remind yourself, again, like you said, what is real? What is reality? What's not real? What's not reality? And what's the worst that can happen? We all know the worst that can happen. And then you go up from there. Um, do a lot of your friends think this way? Or you know, how, is the, how is the temperature out there? I think, again, it's different from every person. Yeah. Like I know one yeah. of my friends, she has the same, she does not have the same anxiety response as me. Like she'll just sit there and be completely quiet. She yeah. won't say a word, not even to me. I'll be like, hey, is everything okay? Nothing. And then sometimes I just have to hold her hand and give her a hug and just sit there with her until she's done. And then we talk through it. But it really depends, again, on the person you are. For me, it's, it's different. You have a friend that has anxiety. And, but what you're doing is you're talking about it. You are being the person for her or for him that you want and how you want to be and how you want to be treated. Exactly. Let us talk about as a beautiful woman. Thank you. Um, 
your intelligence is is amazing. I mean, our our viewers and our so listeners do not know that you are a co-founder to a <laughs> fabulous, uh, and we can talk about this soon. It's called Venus Inspire, and uh, it is. We can talk about this empowerment that you have begun to see. Uh, because I think that that's a really important piece to who you are and it reflects your wisdom and your intellect and your desire to connect and empower. But let's also talk about the reality of being a woman. Yes, that is an entire reality <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. A few things about being a woman. I'm proud to be one. I'm yeah. very proud to be a woman. Um, and I will say that there, it's hard to be a woman. I'm proud and it's hard. In the same pe way people, you know, know that it's hard sometimes to be an American, but they're also proud of being an American. Um, there are a lot of struggles that we have to face on a day-to-day -day basis. It doesn't matter if other people invalidate them or validate them. We know we go through those struggles. And part of the reason why I started Venus Inspire is I know there's a lot of platforms out there who are telling women that, oh, we're, you can relate to us. We totally can. You can relate to other women. But we wanted to create a platform where you can connect to women on a different level, on women who, you know, are out there in their fields making a difference and, you know, how they got there from like kind of not even rags to riches, but like from a small where you are right now, this is where you can be. Mm. And, you know, connecting those people was the biggest idea that we wanted when we started Venus Inspire. Yes. I, and, I, and I love that because that is, uh, you know, you know, we talked about this. That's really close to my heart and, mm -hmm. and um, I'm, I'm rooting for you all the way. Thank um, you so much. As a woman, we feel the, the pressure and the anxiety. Of being perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm. How are we going to perceive? Is our hair right? What, uh, is our foundation a little bit crazy? What are we yeah. looking like? Is it going to? Are people going to criticize us for, you know, the the leavens that I got here? Like, what are we? The the fear, the the perfection. Yeah. It, like I, I feel like five, and I have a measure of that. You're seventeen and three quarters. <laughs> I feel like women are held to a standard. Um, I'm going to put it out there. I, I, I am a feminist. I'm going to put it out there. And I, I know some people may call me as a feminist. Oh, you're one of those feminist types as an insult. I don't take that as an insult. So thank you. Feminism is something that isn't, you can be pro-woman without being anti-man. We need to redefine feminism to, to equality, to equalism, because the only reason that it's called feminism is that women are at a disadvantage right now. Hmm. You know, and actually, more than 30% of women will face an anxiety disorder in their life, which is more than 19% 90, of men. Hmm. So, and, and you can see that distinctly with how women are treated in society. There is a reason that we are more anxious. You, you will meet more girls in your life that have an anxiety disorder, have consistent anxiety than men. There is a reason for that. What is the reason? Well, many. Firstly, you know, <laughs> like you mentioned, you know, have to make sure we're looking good. Like, oh, is my hair okay? I, like, you'll notice, like, throughout this entire interview, I'm, like, playing with my hair. I do it because I get nervous. It's not because of whatever, being flirty or whatever. It's me being like, oh, okay, does it look okay on camera? Does it look 
straight. Am I smiling enough? You know, but our perfection, but our perfection comes into many levels. It's Mm -hmm. like the pressures or the anxiety. Okay. So you go to Tesla STEM high school. Your, your pressure is, um, I want to be this. Am I smart enough? What if, Mm -hmm. what if I'm not treated as an equal when I come out of here? What if I have to, um, you know, some other uh, um, male is, is competing with me and they win. What happens if I don't, I'm seen in a different way. I've talked to many people who, you know, they're uh, a doctor the other day was, I was chatting with her and she said, you know, I had an interview. She had an interview for a role. She got, she was interviewed and they asked her if she was having children. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her friend was a male. He sat down for the same interview, but they didn't ask him. This is the kind of anxiety thing that women have to deal with. It is a yeah. very real thing in the workplace. Because of their choices, you believe that they won't get the same, they believe that they won't get the same opportunities. And it's true. Yeah. Like, you know, and for some reason, if, if you want children, oh, you can get a job. Oh, if you don't want children, oh, you're not taking advantage of the fact that you're a woman. You're a woman. Your greatest joy in life is giving kids, you know. And again, that's another thing with my culture. A lot of, you know, in Indian culture, having children and settling down and getting married is a huge thing. And and I, I don't know what I want to do in the future. I might want to get married. I might not. But like the point is that it's no one's business whether I want to get married or I want to have kids or all those things. That should not, me being my gender should not have any effect on the opportunities that I'm given in life. What should affect those things is my skill, my talent, my passion, my brains and everything else, Right. Because you don't ask a man how he balances family and work life. And, and I'm not hating on men for that. Men probably do balance those things, but they're never asked. Which is why, you know, that's another reason Venus Inspires. There's such redefined feminism. But founded by two women of color who know what it's like. Funny story, that's actually how I met her, my, my um, partner. It, I met... Um, the other co-founder of Venus Inspire because we were one, we were both the only two Indian girls in a class in our biology class in sophomore year, only two Indian girls in that class. And Tesla STEM has a higher ratio of boys to girls. So we are already in my computer science class a couple of years ago. I was one of four girls out of 30 kids in that class. What do you make of that? I I think that society has a way to go and I think that we could accomplish changing these things a lot faster if we realize that it's a problem. A lot of things people and that's the same thing with mental health, right? We can make such a difference and we have the power to make such a difference, but the awareness is not there. Like yeah. we can do it, we're just choosing not to. Well, and it's also about understanding that these are really these pressures are real. Yeah. And it's not that they weren't there when I was young, but it's that now we're talking about them more. Yeah. The shame is still present, but through social media, we can talk in a way that uncovers and lifts off that valve of shame just a little bit to let some of that pressure out. The shame is still there. 
but but there's a new way to sort of dialogue. You can go incognito. You can do a whole bunch of different things to not reveal who you are or or your name, but you can talk about it. And so that, I think, makes a difference because the more we talk about it, now it becomes the issue. Yeah. Right? But we're looking for change. We're looking for, you know, this um, uh, a normalcy. We want to make it normal that in yeah. class, mental wellness is actually discussed. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it like. I don't want it to be like one of those once a year mental health days. Like right. I want it to be, I want it to be integrated in. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm striving for because I want to major in political science. I want to go into politics. I want to make mental health, leg, friend, mental health friendly advocacy legislation so that mental health education is uh, mandated in businesses, seminars, schools, faculty meetings that it's so known about that no one can give an excuse that oh I don't know what that is or oh I'm pretty sure that person doesn't have that you know I want people to really truly face it head on so that we can create not only a better future for our generation but for our kids or and their generation and future generations I feel like the work that we can do now will have such a big impact I agree with you I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> and you know, and that's the other component too. In school, there's a lot of people that are singled out and that they're others, right? There's an yeah. isolation. And those people maybe are isolated because the anxiety is overwhelming. So part they just of- choose to, They just choose to be separate in general because, hey, if I'm not close to other people, uh, you know, you see those, you know, with the, teens that lash out, those kinds of teens, for example. It's not that they want to be mean. It's not that they are have their have a mean character. Is that sometimes they're just too anxious to be around other if I don't get close to people, I won't get hurt. You know? And even I had that, you know, same men- mental state for some time where, you know, you had the oh, everything is cupcakes and rainbows. And then you jump to the other end of the spectrum after anxiety where you're like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I hate everything. I hate everyone. And then you find that balance in between where you're like, it's okay to be vulnerable. Keep your guard up, but you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. You find a balance between how you want to live your life. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much I don't, I don't like about what you're saying. I, I actually, I'm just thinking in my brain, is there anything else that I don't like? But I, 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 I love, I love, I love you saying that. It almost, that's why I'm pausing because I'm like, hmm, I'm taking it all in. <laughs> Fear of failure is one of your... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have a phobia. That is, a phobia is uh, a very simple again. Fear. It's what? A tichophobia. A tichophobia. Yeah. It is the fear of failure. And, you know, it sounds like one of those very presumptuous fears, like, oh, the only thing I fear is fear itself. It, it sounds like one of those things. <laughs> but, and, you know, whenever you hear someone say that, you're like, yeah, wow, that's so incredible. But, you know, when, when fear of failure is something that a lot of kids face, particularly, yes. and it's a very crippling fear because it doesn't even allow you to try, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Because the fear of failure is essentially you, if some, if a result is not guaranteed, 
the result you want is not guaranteed, you don't want to pursue that thing because you are generally afraid that it's going to have bad results. And fear of failure and anxiety go hand in hand because they're essentially almost the same thing. Like for me, it's tests, right? Especially in like certain subjects that I'm weak in. It's like, oh, I know I'm not going to get good. So like I spend more time worrying about it than I do studying, you know, things like that. And if I don't really put my mind to it and, you know, block that out and I'm like, you know what? No, you're going to try no matter what. And at least you can say you tried, right? If you're going to get to stay there and I sat there and I shook and worried the entire time, you're not going to be able to say, hey, at least I tried. And you know what? Even my 100% wasn't good enough. Well, that's fine. At least I tried. At least I put my effort in. Do you ever have uh, panic attacks before? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What do those look like for you? For me, I mean, I'm not the type of person that is just like, (sighs) or like super uh, hyperventilating, but I'm also not the person who stares at the wall. I'm normally just the person who's like, I shake a little bit. I'm like, my stomach's in knots. Like my heart is beating a little bit faster. My brain is going in circles, you know, that's how it it is for me. Like I'm just- And and for some people, it's like that squeezing in feeling. Like- Yeah, like you're being shut in. It's like- it just enveloping you, squeezing it. You know what's really interesting to me? The more we talk about this, the more I realize that I was the most anxious kid. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't even realize it because no. they're not educated on it. I yeah. would never, ever, ever say uh, up until about well, it was the first time was with Maria and Maria and I had our interview on the first day of school. Uh, both oh, of us did. Okay. Yeah. It was the first day of school. Um, I think it was September 10th for us. Um, and we did this interview together and we were talking about the first day of school and, and you know, how it all, how all that cycling works. And it was then that I went, oh my gosh. And I almost didn't want to talk about it after. I, I realized, and then I was talking to my bro, and I said to my brother, I actually think that I had ridiculous anxiety. And he said, yeah, you totally did. Didn't even know. Yep. Because guess what? It probably wasn't talked about. Like, no, you didn't even know, right? Because it wasn't even a widely spread thing. Like, everyone was just like, oh, this is you have the same feeling. Oh, everyone goes through this. Like, this is something that probably happens to so many people. Gotcha. Like, I faked sick oh my goodness to not go to school for my like I think all the grade six and seven I had a girl she looked at me I was really ugly I gotta tell you I was like super duper ugly super curly hair I straightened my hair no you're beautiful you're absolutely beautiful and and I do feel beautiful now but when I was young, I was in that ugly duckling, uh, you know, some, some people like just they're trying to come out of their like little shell and they're like, I'm going to make it. Well, I totally I get that, it. I was in that place where I was trying to come out of here and I had these glasses that were huge and they had these butterflies and, and I wore, you should see the outfit, it was like plaid with burgundy and navy and green and then these mustard colored pants I thought was super cool and it was not like my kind of outfit clearly not cool and this girl had it up for me she's like I am going to beat you up one day and you're never gonna know when I'm gonna come but I'm doing it I 
like, I lived in fear for months. And you know what? I'd round the corner and I'd go like every different way I could, but there were only a few ways to go back to my house. And it, she surprised me. It was like probably five or six months and she waited. And then five or six months later, she bamboozled me. And I like, I, you know, garnered all my strength and she came in with a group of kids that came out of the bushes and, and I stood there on the road and had these glasses on and she said, um, take your glasses off. I'm going to punch you in the face. And I said, no. And she said, you're going to take glasses off. And I said, no, if you, if you want me to take the glasses off, you better punch me in the face. I don't like them anyway. Just break them. It's fine. And she didn't know what to do. And it was in that moment that all of the anxiety that I had about her, like the throwing up, I would throw up before going to oh, school. No. I could not function. That's not function. horrible. Guess what happened? So. What happened? I don't so know. I walked by her. Woo! You go. One year later. We're sitting in math class in high school. Now we've gone from elementary school to high school. She is not the queen of the castle anymore, let me tell you. We're in, we're in high school. She walks in. Nobody would let her sit down. I got up. I moved over. And I let her sit down. You go. You know what? That experience You're nicer me. than me. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, that was just my one gimme. That was just my one pay it forward. <laughs> if I had someone who had rattled me that badly, like, yes, I shall be nice, but there is a limit. I would have been like, yo, no, you find somewhere else with it. I was rattled. Yeah, I mean, in my brain, in my brain, anxiety, it is a part of me, but I don't let it become my identity. Yes. I, I, I don't. I don't want to be defined as the girl who, oh, she just, she has anxiety and she appears on interviews or she just talks about anxiety. Yeah, I do. But I don't talk about me having anxiety. I talk about the fact that anxiety is normal, that everyone who has anxiety is completely normal and they shouldn't be ashamed of it. Whether you're going through a phase where you're anxious yeah. or it's something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. It shouldn't be about me. It should be about, you know, generally at least this is what I tell myself. I have a brain. I have a brain that thinks thoughts, whatever, that, that helps my body function the way it is. And then I have a mind. And my mind is, uh, my mom always says this to me. She's like, it is a dangerous master, but a humble servant. And that means that when my mind is spiraling with thoughts of anxiety, it's my mind that is taking over that's what's causing me it, it is being the dangerous master and that is when i need to calm myself down and say no you are a part of me that means you work for me i'm not gonna let you sit here and take away my sense of self i know what i'm here to do i know that i'm gonna ace that master smr and i'm not gonna let you think otherwise and sometimes that means talking out loud to yourself but it is so worth it well, and that is really beautiful. It's a dangerous, 
Okay, your mom's a dangerous mat. It's a dangerous master, but a humble servant. That's really cool. Because would you say in my case, so before I go to my case, you're basically saying my point, which is it can work for you. Yeah, that day you stood up and talked to those girls and said, no, I'm not going to do it. You were making your mind work for you. You knew that your mind had the capability to stand up and doing, and doing it, but it was just easier for it, for your mind to avoid the problem, to stay home. And I, I would like, not like, but like think that your body, like, you know, you throwing up and being so nervous and yeah. being sick is your physical body protesting at the fact that your mind was not working for you oh. <laughs> um you just changed my life <laughs> I am happy oh say that again I believe that your physical body was protesting at the fact that you were not making your mind work for you it's like your 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 body is a temple that a lot of people say that but <laughs> I, I truly believe that your mind is the god of that temple and whether you believe in a god or not but you are that God, not your mind. So, okay. What do you want? Pe- what do you want to leave people with? Cause <laughs> uh, I want to leave people with that. Um, if you're a person of color, whoever you are out there, know that whoever you are is beautiful. If you're, if you're a woman, whether you choose to be someone who doesn't want to have kids, wants to have kids, wants to settle down, whether you want to become a lawyer, a doctor, or you want to stay at home and take care of your kids, whatever you decide, that is right. And that's it. No one has the right to tell you, government or anyone else does not have the right to tell you how you govern your bodies and your thoughts and your future, how you look, your appearance. And, and I know, and I know every day is a struggle for you knowing that that may not happen right now. But I urge every single woman out there to, of course, first check out my website so you can connect with everyone, uh, venusinspire.org. But to also just, no matter what, stand up for what you believe in and be proud of that. And especially with those of you who have mental illness, no, don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't treat it as an enemy. Treat it as something that teaches you life lessons. And, but know that it's not your identity. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I'm supposed to say something now, but I don't even think I'm gonna. Um, you are so magnificent. Thank you so and, much. That means so much coming from someone like you. I, and I, I feel like you give me compliments I don't deserve. Thank you so much. I, I just truly believe that thank you again so much. I, I just truly believe that this is something that everyone should do, which is why I'm doing it. If you're living a good life and you're happy, I truly believe that it is part of your duty to try and give some of that happiness to others who don't have it. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you are a wonderful, wonderful woman who just this show and and you mentioned that this is something that you do for fun yes a lot of not a lot of people don't do this for fun and that I think that's one of the most incredible things about this show that it just it just lives to give back and that's fun for you and that's so cool it is cool and you know (laughs) I I don't know how else to do it yeah you know I really don't because it's it's really important for me the fact that you came on and said yes 
it reinforces that every story matters. Everyone has a story. Everyone has an experience. You shared your experience. And I know that that offered a spark of hope, that offered possibility to someone else who was going alone in their room going, I don't know, or walking in the forest. I don't know if, I don't know if I matter. I don't know yeah. if I'm ever going to be seen. I don't know if I ever will have the courage. Will I ever find a friend? Will I ever get through this anxiety? Will I ever learn to know what's real and what's not real? Will I ever be able to walk myself through worst case scenario and move myself? That was me. Let me tell you right now, that was me. And let me tell you that no matter what, I am your friend. I'm your friend. You can email me at any point. You can go on the website. You can DM me, whatever. But I am here for you. Even if we are complete strangers and you're having an issue, I'm here for you. That's I mean, right. That, that's what we do. I feel like a lot of people can't, can't connect to their role models or not that I'm saying that I'm anyone's role model, but like other their role models because those people are so far away from them. That's why we do Venus Inspired. That's why we want to connect them because they can just ask questions about anxiety and those kinds of things to people who've gone through that and are at such a great place now. Well, for me, and that's why I do this show, I think that part of my giving back to people is to be able to say, you have a place. We're going to talk about everything. That's what we're going to do. Whatever, we, whatever happens in life, let's talk about that. And Let's you just it. happened to come across my path. This conversation has gone all over the map. It's not going to be fluid and it never should be. You inspire me. Let me tell you. <laughs> that is the nicest. That is the best pun I've ever heard, first of all. And thank you so much. You inspire me as well. To all the beautiful Venuses out there, go That's right. Be inspired. Be inspiring and be inspired. Doesn't matter right. what you get inspired by. But That's right. Live your well, life. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is such a great platform and I'm so blessed and grateful to be here and have this discussion with you. I truly believe that you have such a wonderful platform and you're using it for such a great purpose. It, that, that beyond anything is inspiring. Thank you. Well, you've made it happen. It's people like you who make Thank you. this work for me. <laughs> I just build the platform and you, and then you're putting your layer into it. <laughs> Please check out Venus Inspire. Yes. Um, Venusinspire.org. Uh, and you can also check out our Instagram, which has like all of our information on our new upcoming events and all those things. And what is your Instagram handle? Uh, Daksha with three A's underscore Magesh M-A-D-E-S-H It took me a while to, to say your name but I'm You know you've actually said it better than anyone who is not Indian so I applaud you for that I have never had I was brushing my, my so teeth well. and I was like Daksha Magesh Daksha Magesh I was trying That's to Beautiful do it. Beautiful It warms my heart <laughs> Thank you Thank, Thank you. you so much